Um, but we, we're going to talk about names today. Thank you. <laughs> well, I figured names are something we can all relate to because we've all got one. And for some of us, maybe our names actually tell a story. Like my son is John Warren Cassidy. Liz's dad and my grandfather, they're both named John. And uh, my middle name is Warren. And my dad's middle name is Warren. And his dad's middle name is... There's a pattern here, right? And I've always wondered, and, and my parents didn't know, like, where did the name Warren come from, and why is it so darn important that four generations of people in my family have that name? So I'm trying to figure this out. It's always bothered me. Um, and so I went actually uh, uh, to Ancestry uh, not too long ago, and I started piddling around and following the census. You can look at, like, old sensi, censuses, um, senses. Um, and so I was looking back, and about 19... 10? No, 19, 1900, I think it was. Um, we, I found, we found that my grandfather's grandfather, they were living in a house. His name was Sam. So Sam was living in a house in Chicago, and it listed in the census a boarder named Mary Warren and her son, Young Master Warren. It didn't have his first name. It just said Young Warren <laughs> and listed there. And, but soon enough, we found in another census that Young Master Warren had married my great-great-grandfather's sister. And so that's the story as I know it so far, that there was a Warren in the family. I'm still trying to search more, but it's kind of cool anyway to think that my, my, my name does have a story. There's more to that story. How many of y'all have stories that you can tell people about your name or maybe the names of one of your kids or a sibling? Some of us do, right? They're kind of fun. My mom, she always told us this story about where her maiden name came from. So her family is Norwegian, and her middle name in English is Field, like you go out in the field. And naturally enough, she comes from a long line of farmers, so it makes sense. And all the way back to Norway, and the area of Norway where they came from is Fjeld. It's the same as Field, just F-J-E-L-D-E, Fjeld. And the thing about family names from Norway is that they sometimes took them from the area in which they lived, especially when they came over to the States. And so one day... My mom and her sister, they're walking around the Fjeld Township in Jorpelon, Norway. You know where Jorpelon is, right? It's like 12 miles from Stavanger. And um, they're walking around Fjeld, and this Norwegian farmer rolls up in his truck. He's Scandinavian, so like even, even, even though he looks stern and disapproving, he's actually really nice. And he asks these strangers if he can help them. And they say, oh, we're just looking around the area where our great-grandfather had his, his farm and where he came from. And the farmer says, well, who's your great-grandfather? And the next thing you know, my mom and my aunt, the Fjeld sisters, are having lunch with Farmer Fjeld in Norway. And they find out he's like their third cousin, just from walking around the neighborhood with their name. And so now these three, this, by, that, by the way, was the, um, the, the, I found on Google, the, the bus station, Fjeld in in Jorpelon there so if you're ever in the area you, you you can tell that lady with her dog I, I've seen you somewhere well now what I think is so cool that these three people who share a last name with two different spellings from two different continents now they have a pretty cool story to tell all because of their name 
Well, today, we're going to hear a story about a couple of guys whose names have stories of their own to tell. And we're going to learn that we all have a name. We share a name with a story that we need to get telling. And so this is Mark 10. It's 46 through 52. And this is the story of Bartimaeus' name. They came to Jericho. And as he, Jesus, and his disciples, and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and said, Call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And then Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, My teacher, let me see again. Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the way. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord God, that we would hear you calling our name today. That we might come to you today. That we might throw off whatever is covering us so that we might bathe in the light of your Son, Jesus Christ. Speak to us, O Lord. Give us a word. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So just so we know where everyone is, we've been in a sermon series called Different. And so for the past three weeks, the stories in Mark chapter 10 have shown us the ways in which we, as Christians, are called to be different. We've heard Jesus call us to give different, to lead different. And this week, appropriately enough, the story of blind Bartimaeus will show us that we are to see different. See the world, see each other, and see Jesus differently. So Jesus and his disciples, and now this large crowd, have been making their way to Jerusalem. And here on the outskirts of Jericho, they meet Bartimaeus. And as soon as we're introduced to him, we know his name is important. It's so important that Mark says it twice. You might not realize this. Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus. Now, if you spoke Aramaic like Jesus, his disciples, or Bartimaeus, you would know that the prefix bar actually means son of. So you have Jesus, son, Jesus bar Joseph. Jesus, son of Joseph. Peter the apostle is called Peter bar Jonah. Peter, son of Jonah. My Norwegian family had something similar. We have um, my great, great, great grandfather. His name is uh, Ole Peterson Fjeld. Peter's son means his dad's name was Peter. Ole, Peter, we even have some Ole Olsons, which is hilarious. Ole, son of Olson, Ole. 
Um, but Ole Peterson Field actually married Inger Olsen. Inger, son of Olsen. This, this is them, by the way. Um, here they are on their wedding, actually. Very stern and disapproving. And um, I may be happy. I'm, I'm not, not sure. So if you speak Aramaic, Bartimaeus literally means son of Timaeus. So really, we read, as they were leaving Jericho, son of Timaeus, the son of Timaeus, a blind beggar was sitting by the roadside. Son of Timaeus, a name so nice, you got to say it twice. And so who was Timaeus? Well, we don't know his story, but his name tells a bit of a story because Timaeus comes from the Aramaic word for unclean or defiled. And judging from that, his story probably wasn't a really good one. And his son's story can't have been much better. As they were leaving Jericho, the son of defilement, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. Anybody not like their name growing up? <laughs> Looking a whole lot better right now. <laughs> What roads led Bartimaeus to that life? What stories left Bartimaeus there on the roadside, outside the walls of Jericho? If his name has anything to say about it, I'm sure they weren't easy roads. I'm sure his story was one of hardship, of pain, of loss, maybe even hopelessness. How many of us have similar stories? How many of us have traveled similar roads? How many of us have known pain in this life? Loss, hardship, hopelessness, hard days sitting by the road outside Jericho, unsure of what life was going to bring next. We all have stories. Some of them are written on our faces. Some are quite literally written on or in our bodies. And some, like Bartimaeus' story, are written in our names. Sometimes it's written in a name that we no longer claim. I have a friend, um, her name is Tish. That's it. Just Tish, like legally. She's like Cher or Madonna. She's Tish. And there's a hard story in her name, a difficult story. You see, Tish's dad was terribly abusive, and as is so often the case, Tish went on to marry a terribly abusive husband. But by the grace of God, Tish finally one day was able to break the cycle, and she left her husband. She got a divorce. She was ready to move on. There was just one thing holding her back from fully kind of reclaiming her own identity, and that was her last name. You see, once she decided to give her previous husband back his name, she realized that for many of the same reasons, she didn't want to go back to her dad's name either. There were too many painful stories in that name. Too much hurt. Too much that wasn't Tish now. Not anymore. So now, she's just Tish. And that name tells a powerful story. 
of becoming her own person, strong and defiant. Like my friend Tish, Bartimaeus decided that he would not be defined by the stories contained in his name. Bartimaeus saw himself differently. Because, let's be real, a, a son of defilement, a powerless, blind beggar, would not, should not, could not call upon Jesus. And a son of defilement, a powerless, blind beggar, certainly would not, should not, could not call Jesus out. Like Bartimaeus is about to use a name for Jesus that no one has used before. Until Bartimaeus. Because when Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was coming his way, when he heard the, the donkey and the coins jangling, Bartimaeus called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the people around him, they saw things just like everybody else. They saw things just like the world sees things. And they knew that someone with Bartimaeus' story, someone with Bartimaeus' name, had no business calling out to Jesus. And they ordered Bartimaeus to what? Be quiet. But Bartimaeus saw things differently. And Bartimaeus saw Jesus differently. He knew that Jesus had another name that told a story so good he had to say it twice. Son of David, he says again, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David. If you've been following along in Mark, you know no one has ever called Jesus the son of David before. And if you've read the very next chapter of Mark, chapter 11, you know that a whole crowd of people are going to be calling Jesus the son of David as he rides into Jerusalem on a donkey. And if you knew your Hebrew Bible, you'd know the story behind the name son of David. It was used in prophecies about the coming Messiah, the Christ, the Savior of the Hebrew people. The son of David will come again and lead us into glory. Bartimaeus, the son of defilement, the blind beggar, saw who Jesus was. He was the first. He saw things differently. But there's another story in that name, son of David, because it also said to the Jews and to the Romans that Jesus was heir to the throne, that he was the king of the Jews on his way back to the capital of his kingdom, Jerusalem. And picture for a minute that you are the occupying force in that capital city of Jerusalem. You don't really want to hear that the heir apparent is back in town, right? <laughs> That's not the story you want to get around. Son of David? That's a powerful name. A dangerous name. But you see, Bartimaeus, he sees the world differently. And he's not afraid to tell everyone that he sees his king. And when your king calls you over... You do exactly what Bartimaeus did. You jump up and you go straight to the king. What do you want me to do for you? The son of David asks the son of defilement. And interestingly, what do you want me to do for you? This is exactly the same question that the son of David asked the sons of Zebedee. And if you remember last week, 
They didn't get the answer they wanted. But Bartimaeus does. Bartimaeus says, my teacher, actually, he speaks Aramaic. He says, Rabboni, Rabbi, Rabbi, let me see again. And I sometimes imagine the son of David telling the son of Timaeus, man, you already see far better than any of these knuckleheads that have been following me around for three years, especially the sons of Zebedee. But instead, Jesus says, go. Your faith has made you well. A few years later, by the way, another famous blind man who was given back his sight would write, we live by faith and not by what? Sight. That was certainly Bartimaeus' story. He lived by faith and quite literally not by sight. He didn't have a choice. Or that we might live a little bit more like Bartimaeus by faith. And so like so many before him, Jesus, son of David, heals Bartimaeus and tells him to go. But unlike every other person that Jesus has healed before this moment, before this blind beggar on the side of the road, Bartimaeus didn't go. He didn't leave. He didn't run dancing down the street away from Jesus. Nope. Because he saw things differently. He had a different story to tell. And instead of going the other way, Bartimaeus followed Jesus where? On the way. On the way where, you might ask? Well, Mark doesn't say. Certainly Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem. And I could see, now I could see Bartimaeus leading the chance of Hosanna, son of David. Like he's become Jesus' hype man or something, right? Son of David, what? <laughs> right? But also, by Mark's day, Jesus' followers were now known as followers of the way. The way of Jesus. That's a new name for Bartimaeus. And it tells a whole new story, a better story, a far more powerful story. Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, follower of the way of Jesus. This new name, friends, is powerful. Powerful enough to wipe away all the unclean parts of Bartimaeus' story. Wash away all the defilement. It tells a new story. A story that all of us, every last one of us in this room, online, all of us can claim. Because no matter what stories your name has told. No matter what stories your name tells now. When we cry out to Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me, he gives us a new name. Follower of the way of Jesus. And that name brings with it power. The power to help us see things more clearly. It brings us the power to see ourselves differently. To see ourselves as worthy. To see ourselves as more than the stories that people tell about us. Or the stories that we tell about ourselves. It brings us the power to see ourselves for who we are. Children of God. Sons and daughters of the God Most High. 
And that's a different story. By extension, it's funny how this Jesus stuff always works two ways, right? By extension, we're given the power to see others differently. To see our families, to see our kids, our neighbors, our friends, even our enemies. To see them as more than the stories we tell about them. The stories their names tell about them. The stories that Facebook or Fox News or CNN tell about them. To see them as children of God. As sons and daughters of the God Most High. And most of all, this new name, follower of the way of Jesus, it brings us the power to see Jesus differently. It brings to us the power to see Jesus as the son of David, our savior, our Messiah, our healer, and our king. For all eternity, yes. But even for right now, in this moment, in this life, on this earth, in this little town, we can see everything around us differently. And so we got to ask ourselves a few questions. What do we see when we look at ourselves in the mirror? Do you see a child of God? How would it change your story if you did? What do you see when you look at the people around you? Everybody's afraid to look at the people around them. <laughs> look at the people around you. Do you see sons and daughters of God? How might that change the story that you tell about them? Man, I got to confess, we were just in, in, in St. Louis, and more than one guy came up to us asking if we could spare a buck or two. And I've got myself wondering, was I blind to the fact that he is a child of the God Most High? And if I had truly seen him for who he is and not the story I wrote about him, would that have changed the story we wrote together last night on the dark road in the rain? And finally, who do you see when you see Jesus? Do you see him as the Son of God? Do you see him as the Son of David? Do you see him as your Messiah, your Savior, your King? Because if you see him differently, if we see him differently, then why do we keep telling the same old stories over and over again? Or sometimes I think even worse, why are we saying nothing at all? Why aren't we telling his story to everyone we meet? 
that they might have a new name, that they might be given new life, that they might see themselves differently, that they might see the world differently. And the more of us that see the world differently, the more the world starts to look different. And isn't that a kingdom to which you'd love to belong? Isn't that a day you'd like to see come? It's about time we start telling new stories about ourselves, about the people around us, but most of all, about our King, Jesus. Amen. 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 Talk that for an hour and some change um, with, with my wife and my daughter and, and, and Devin, the, uh, um, the tow truck driver from Concordia. He was a good high church Lutheran. He liked the 1944 hymnal, I can tell you that. <laughs> Do I have any Cokesbury hymnal people in there? Right? <laughs> we got that, right? And we were comparing notes. They, at one point, he's like, I asked, oh, so do you guys do this lectionary thing like we do? And he's like, oh, yeah, tomorrow's the 22nd Sunday after Pentecost, didn't it? And I said, yes, it is. <laughs> and he said, do you do confession, you know, and all these things every week? And I said, we are now, yeah. But then I, uh, as I was, I don't know, the more time you're awake when you shouldn't be, the more your brain <laughs> just goes to different places. And instead of a confession, I think it's more appropriate, like Bartimaeus, that we just cry out a prayer to Jesus today that we might see differently. And so I'm going to read um, some prayers of intercession that Christ might come into our lives. And, and when I pause, I want you to just share, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Let's pray. Oh God, we come to you because we know you'll hear our cry. We come to you because you call us near to you. We come to you because you deliver and save. We come to you now with our prayers and our petitions. We pray for the local and the universal church. Give us the humility to walk in your way. We pray for the leaders in our nation and the nations around the world. Give them courage to walk in peace. We pray for those who are in need. Give us ears to hear their cries eyes to see them in front of us. Help us to be agents of your mercy. We pray for those who have pain. Heal, touch, and deliver them, oh God. We remember those who have died. Help us give comfort to those who are left behind. We lift our hidden prayers to you in silence, in silence, 
for you hear even that which is unspoken. Now let's close this time of prayer out. Like Bartimaeus, you guys were cheerleaders at the beginning. I want to hear it. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me one more time. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. All glory and power is yours now and forever.